Hello, 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 and welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. Today, 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 oh my, oh my, oh my. As those who don't know, I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most, if you don't know, of what did God say ministry. Today, 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 this morning, you know, I just thank God truly always for waking me up, starting me on my day. I thank Him for blessing me with all the provisions that he made possible. And I'm just so glad that I can magnify the name of the Lord without any doubt. I don't have no doubt that it was the Lord who brought me out. It was the Lord who made ways out of nowhere. It is God. It is God. It is God. How many of you know that? That there's nothing we can do or have except it be a blessing given to us by God. Oh my, oh my. And that's where I'm coming from today. I want to come today from a scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And then I want to close with the prosperity financial release prayer. I know that we all can stand some prosperity and we all can stand some financial release. You know, even if we we have it and we have built it up, and maybe we need to release it to somebody else. And if we have lack and we are limitations, let me say, or limitations, and we don't have enough, maybe we can embrace it from those who are willing to release it. How many of you know that? Money has been around for many, 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 many centuries. And I always say this little saying, money was here before I came. So if money outlives me, and I know if it was here before I came, it might be here when I leave. But one thing about it, we need not fret. You know, fretting is 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 doubt, it's worry. It's the opposite of trust and belief. And that's the scripture today. Proverbs uh, 3, Chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart mm, and lean not to thy own understanding. And I can go a little further, you know, because I like the rest of it. And acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. How many of you understand what it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Are you trusting in your job? Are you trusting in your doctor? Are you trusting in your instructor? Are you trusting in your boss? Are you trusting in your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, your cousins, your friend? Who are you trusting? Mm, I just put that question out there today. This morning, who are you trusting? See, because I'm going to tell you what happened. When we find ourselves putting our trust and confidence in other people and they disappoint us, then we get in our feelings most of the time. You know, that's how we roll. And then we start feeling some type of way and and then we start acting some kind of way and, and then we get to accusing people of something that they didn't even do. Or even if they're guilty of doing it. Where is your trust? Who do you trust? 
Who do you trust? Now, if you say that you are a true believer of God, your trust should be in God. Oh, I need somebody to help understand this message today. Do you really trust in God? See, there's another scripture in the Bible that says that God is a jealous God. And because God is a jealous God, it says he visit the iniquity to the third and fourth generation. See, a lot of times, you know, we speak about, you know, uh, generational curses and, and, and then we look at our situations. And, and I have another podcast where we take five step forward and seven step backwards, you know, and we keep wondering what is going on. But I pose the question this morning, who are you trusting? See, if you're trusting man to meet your needs, if you're trusting other people to always be the ones that make things go well in your life, or you blaming other people that things are not going well in your life, then I can be here to assure you, your trust in your heart is not in God. I have to boldly say that your trust is in your heart is not in God. Because see, when we trust in God, oh, I hope this message can help somebody. Then we don't fret about things beyond the ability that God has granted us to change. Oh, I hope somebody hear this message and it blesses your spirit. That serenity prayer, God, grant me the ability. See, that means you're asking God for an engrafted power. You're asking God for that. Lord, grant me the ability to accept the things. And things could be anything. It could be people, places, or situations or circumstances that I cannot change. And the wisdom to know the difference. So when you ask God to grant this ability to you, then that means you are letting God know, I'm going to trust you for what I do not have the ability to do or control. And if anybody don't know, because I pondered that, I pondered those words, I, I, I searched them in my heart and I said, God, what are the things? And he said, it's persons, places, and stuff that we obtain. What have I given you the ability to control? What I have not given you the ability to control, then that's not yours. See, so many times we want to pick up people and their problems. That's not ours. But if we trust God, I want to encourage someone today. When you trust God with all your heart, No matter what your circumstances or your situation looks like. Oh my God. I tell you I have testimonies stored up on top of testimonies. Where I have been abased and I have been about. But one thing I held on to God's unchanging hand. I had to trust God. Because I was in situations and circumstances I didn't have the ability to change. I didn't have the money to change. I didn't even have the energy sometimes to even just read and study and labor for the Lord. But in my heart, I trusted that God got me. I trusted that because I knew enough of God's word that was in my heart to increase my trust. How many of you know that trust is also faith? And faith is determined by the things that we cannot see 
what we hope for. So that means we have to believe that these things will happen or these things will not happen or these things will occur or not occur or that whatever comes to be in our lives that God got us. Now, if we say we are children of God, he said the righteous has never been forsaken or his seed begging bread. Now, if we're going to trust God in our heart, then we have to believe whatever state we find ourselves that God got us and we're going to be all right. Who are you putting your trust in this morning? You know, a lot of times we rely on our coverings because we we know that God has blessed us with these men over our lives and, and we start adopting these titles to, to tag them as our kings and we are their queens. But still, we both need to trust in God. Amen. Put your trust in God. And lean not to your own understanding. If you find yourself going through turmoil and changes and challenges, I can assure you that oftentimes that happens because we lean to our own understanding. See, we get the mindset and start thinking, okay, well, this is the way I really want it. And see, that's why the scripture says that we serve God with our lips, but our heart is far from it because our heart is not about doing what's right in the sight of God. Because if we really are motivated and led by a vision of God, then sin will not take place in the vision. And I tell you why I say that, because that's in the book of James chapter 1. The Bible says that when a person is tempted to sin, let him not say he is tempted of God. Because God don't tempt us to sin. And God's word says that all good gifts... And what is a good gift? The Bible said those who know to do good and does not. All good gifts come from God. You know, even with me desiring and wanting a king and a covering and a husband, you know, one of the things that I have been wrestling with even in my own flesh is uh, premarital sex. You know, and I have to put this out here for many men and women. Now, we can say it is of God. But are we really trusting God? Or we feel we got to test the water? See, our own understanding will say, well, I need to test that out. Because I might not be satisfied with it. Or I may not like that person. But really and truly, when we do that, that's not of God. See, if we're trusting God, then we won't even need to have premarital sex, number one. If we're really trusting God. Because see, when you trust God, what your heart will say, God is going to send me and supply me with everything I need in this person. They're going to have the right characteristic traits. They're going to be compatible with me. This is trusting God now. Now, when we lean to our own understanding, we start picking people apart. And we feel like, okay, well, they got to be like this. So send me a picture. Let me see how you look like that. Send me a picture. Let me see how you look. And all this kind of stuff. See, then we lean into our own understanding. But when we really trust God, oh, I hope somebody get this. We will say, okay, God, I trust for you to pick the person. And what you have for me, I'm going to do it your way. And so I've already said that. You know, my pastor and my friend, 
He shared that with me many years ago when when we became acquainted about 10 years ago and he had been in a five-year relationship and he said how he had committed in his ways not just to become abstinent, but he filled and believed that when people are intimate prior to the covenant of God, then oftentimes they bring more challenges into the marriage because of that conduct. Now, that don't mean if you wait and get married, you won't have challenges, but you may have more challenges when, as the old people say, you put the cart before the horse. Mm. See, we're not trusting God. We're trusting in our flesh. And our flesh said, okay, well, if I hook up with this person, they make me feel good, then you know what? They might be the one. But see, it take more than that, baby. It take more than a feel-good feeling. It's a deeper compatibility. When the Bible said, be not unequally yoked, are you really equally yoked with the person? Did you trust God for that? Or were you leaning to your own understanding in other areas? And see, then we want to be, we want to be subconsciously ignorant to put God in it. Oh my God, I hope somebody got that. And say, well, I know God led me. Okay, well, he might have done that. I have said that. I went on a journey the other year, and I really believed wholeheartedly that God led me there. But when I got there, I realized that the purpose that I was there had nothing to do with my fleshly feelings. Oh, I hope somebody got that. See, my fleshly feelings lean to my own understanding. But once I got there, my spiritual mind said, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." God is not pleased with this. See, people, I got to share this. When you know, according to the word of God, we say God is our refuge. We say we trust God. We say we love God. We say we believe in God. But we start putting stuff on a scale and filtering God, and he start diminishing. I'm telling you, he start diminishing out of the process because we get caught up in the fleshly part and we got to say okay they got to look like this they got to walk like this they got to have this they got to not have this they got to come over here and they got to leave that alone and they got and so we start leaning to our own understanding when we start compiling this checklist of I wants in a man or I wants in a woman see those are our wants those are our wants I need people to hear this those are our wants it has nothing to do with God And we need to really become mindful and consciously aware of placing God in the midst of our desires and wants to sin. See, and we say we don't judge people. But when you start filtering a person and picking a person apart because you want them to talk and walk and act a certain way and be and, you, and they not that way, and we find ourselves ostracizing that person, then that only means that we are a judging person. We're judging that person. See, everybody is not equally yoked. That's why we go through the dating process to try to determine if we're equally yoked. 
And many times when we discover we're not equally yoked, we'll still lean to our own understanding. It has nothing to do with God. We'll start saying, okay, well, I, I like this about them, and I, I like that, and I, but I don't like this, and I don't like that. And so our understanding, what our understanding will do is end up in telling us, okay, well, I just content myself and settle with because I'd rather keep this person that I'm not happy with in, in, in 10 areas, but I am happy with in two areas. Oh, I hope so. Somebody can be enlightened this morning. Are you really trusting God? And if you don't even know how to trust God, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous thing to put God in the midst of something and say it is because of God. When you don't even know how to trust him. And see, none of us really know how to trust God when we start putting our little checklist of the fleshly things that we're looking for in other people. Because that's not how the Bible said that we come to know people. Now, we're true Christian beings now. I just have to keep it 1,000 with you. If we're a true Christian being, the Bible does not say we get to know this person by going to bed with them and going out and, 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 and doing things with them. But the Bible says we shall know them by their fruits. Do they have patience? Are they meek? Are they humble? Are they gentle? Are they loving? Are they kind? Do they have the ability to long suffer or are they quick tempered and short tempered? And I tell you, when you see a quick tempered and a short tempered person, that person has not mastered self-control, which is another fruit of the spirit. So then we fall in these categories and then we want to blame other people and say, oh, well, we're not compatible and we're not, no, 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 no. Somewhere. Both parties or one person are not walking in the fruits. Because that's how the Bible said, people, that we're going to know one another. You see, you're going to know them by their fruit. Not they bust and not they breast and not they butt. Okay? By their fruits. And if you're looking beyond the fruits of the spirit in a person, because you're looking for the woman, or she, no, 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 let me correct myself. You're looking at the outer flesh and you're meditating on the sexual feeling. God is not in that. We need to stop lying on God. That's all I'm saying. We need to stop lying on God. That's a dangerous territory. See, that's the kind of stuff that brings unhealthy bodies. It's just like taking communion. The Bible said when we eat and drink. See, we say we Christians now, but when we eat and drink of his flesh and blood and we do it unworthy, the Bible said then that's when we bring damnation to our own soul. Don't nobody need to hurt us because we will hurt ourselves. And we want to accuse other people of hurting us. But it's the deception in our heart that we're not really trusting God. We're leaning to our own understanding. And so when we do that, we start falling out with people, want to talk about people and, and, and come against them and say all men of evil against them. But I got another scripture right quick. Psalms 34 and 17. I tell you, powerful, powerful scripture. It says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and he rescues them from all their troubles. Now that's a question mark. If you traveling through this journey of life and you don't believe that you are being rescued from your troubles 
then the first question it, it, that made me ask myself, it said, when the righteous cry for help. See, if you're in a right place with God and you begin to cry for help, the Bible said he'll hear you and he'll rescue you from all of your troubles. Mm. I tell you, that word is powerful. The word of God is, is the sword of the spirit and it's powerful. People, I'm telling you, it's powerful. It is powerful. And I ask God, I ask God to let me daily have a thirst and a hunger for his word. Because I know I need it. I need it. I need it to be able to not worry, to not stress, to not deal with any panic or unhealthy thoughts or unhealthy ways and deeds. See, it take that worry. And so many times people can't sustain themselves. They start being panicky. They start being jittery. They, 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 they don't know how to engage. They don't even, these are people who acknowledge they're Christians and don't even know how to harmoniously engage with another believer. There's something wrong with that picture. See, that's the time I put myself under the microscope. Because, see, I don't want to be a stranger to God. See, one thing I know, people, and I'm going to tell you, and this, and this is from Psalm 69, chapter 69, verse 5. See, one thing I know, it says, Oh God, thou knoweth my foolishness, and my sins are not hidden from thee. See, people, this is where the real wake-up call comes. I don't care how much you think you fool, deceive, and trickery, and manipulate people, and you give this false humility. Oh, God bless you, and oh, I love you, and oh, you, 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 you awesome, and you powerful. But deep within, God sees and knows our heart. He knows that about us. He knows if we're doing these things because we lean into our own understanding and we're making foolish decisions. And we're making them, he said, because we want to sin. But see, our sins are not hidden from God. We can't hide our sins from God. We make them go behind closed doors and hide them from people. But we can't hide our sins from God, people. We just can't do it. If, do you trust God? Do you believe in God? Or are you leaning to your own understanding? See, you know, I trust God. I've I, I been in my wilderness journeys, and I've been with lack, and I've been without. And, you know, and, and, and yeah, it, it makes all of us feel some type of way when we feel people are misusing and abusing us. I mean, that's in our humanness. We, we, are, we are born by nature in our humanness. We, we are spiritually mandated through our mother's womb by God. But we come out in the form of a flesh and we have adopted human behaviors. And, and, and part of that behavior is leaning to our own understanding. It has nothing to do with trusting God. See, that's why in my journey, you know, sometimes people, they get perplexed with me and they don't understand me and they want to criticize me and they want to say all manner of evil against me and they want to say, oh, well, she thinks she know everything. Or, oh, can't nobody tell her now. Oh, but if she love people, why she treat them like that? And, oh, well, if you know she, why she say that? But I'm going to tell you because I trust God. I trust God more than I trust people. And see, when people, as, as, as my Angelo say, and I quote, unquote, show you who they are, sooner or later, you need to reach a place to believe that. 
See, and that's how I, I keep a lot of my control. I recognize the spirit. I try the spirit by the spirit. And once I see if that spirit is not of God, then it's time for me to strategize. Because see, if a spirit is not of God, technically, according to the Bible now, they become your enemy. Because the Bible says, and you can Google this, it said that the spirit and the flesh warreth against one another. And so they're enemies. Anytime you warring, you have just created an enemy. It's time to draw a line. And see, an enemy stands on the opposite side of you to come against you. Oh my God, I hope somebody got that. So when somebody is coming against you, anything that brings you hurt, harm, or discomfort. See, that's why my goal is if I if I try, now that don't mean that people don't, like I say, some people are enemies against me. But I don't try to take nothing from nobody. I don't try to use nobody. I don't try to push and push myself and infiltrate myself on nobody. I love my children, but I don't push myself on them. If my children don't embrace me, I don't push myself on them. And I tell you why. That spirit is not of God. See, I recently had an encounter, you know, and I know all this stuff. And people that know me know that I know certain stuff. And they be like, well, it ain't like you don't know. But see, anytime a person pushes themselves on you, if they're not invited, then that means they're forcing their will. And we all have been guilty to do things against our will for somebody else's will. But I can be assured, I can assure you this morning. Anytime someone forces you to do something, even to embrace them, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. That's not of God. See, God gives all of us a free will. If God forced us, and God loves us now. Now, if you believe in God, you must believe that he loves you. Because he blessed you to still be here to hear this podcast and whatever you're doing in your life. But okay, let's just take God. God loves us. But he don't forces us. Isn't that amazing? With all the power and ability he have, he don't force us. He, his will can always be done. But he will, even in his will being done, he gives us our own ability for our permissive will. Isn't that amazing? God will permit us to do things that even against his will because he's that kind of gentleman. See, a gentleman don't force themselves. Oh my God, I hope somebody got that. A real woman, she ain't going to force herself. I hope somebody got that. See, people, true Christians of God, they're not going to force anything upon you. The Bible said freely he give and freely to receive. God wants us to do things freely and be persuaded in our own hearts and minds. Not to be forced. Oh my God. I'm going to go ahead and bring this podcast to a close. And in concluding, I just want to say that my prayer unto God is that in our acceptable time, as he continue to have mercy on us, that he just bless us with the knowledge of his word and the salvation to keep us covered in our disobedience. To re- resubmit 
our ways and our walks to him daily. We don't need to wait till we get to the church house. We don't need to wait till we get to the building. Because if we know not the day or the hour, I rededicate myself to God every day. I really do. I tell God, because I know sometime in the day, I, I think things I shouldn't think. I say some things I know I should not say. So I rededicate my life daily. That's why I like being restored and renewed and refreshed in the morning. That's why I seek God early. And the first thing I say when I say, Lord, I thank you for letting me see a new day. Then I ask God to I invite his Holy Spirit in my, my heart. That nothing be taking the place of my heart. And nothing in my heart in the morning about this person, that problem, and this situation. I invite God in my heart. And then I move into a repentance state. And I ask God to forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me of whatever that happened and transpired in the last 24 hours. And forgive me in advance what might transpire in the next 24 hours. But whatever you do, God, never, never remove from my heart to trust in you. I trust you. I trust you in every area of my life. And so, therefore, I don't have to cling to no people. I don't have to cling to people. See, whatever people God bring to me to attach to me, then I let God do that. And God has a season where sometimes he connects us with people he disconnect and he reconnect. But when you trust God, you don't fret. For whatever one of those positions, you find yourself with people. Whether connected, disconnected, or it's time to reconnect. You don't fret about it. You trust God. If you're going to fret about it, you're not leaning to your own understanding. Amen? Amen. Let me read this prayer right quick. And as I read this prayer, I'm going to pray this morning a prayer for prosperity and financial release. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we come before your throne of grace and mercy, Father God, Lord, we just ask that you continue to cover us in the name of Jesus. Cover us and keep us, shield us and protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Father God, in the name of Jesus, those that are in their homes and those who travel on the highways and the byways, Lord, we repent wholeheartedly for anything that we may have looked upon with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Anything that we said, anything we thought, and anything we did. And Father God, we ask Father God right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you move in these prayers for prosperity and financial release. Father God, we break all assignments of the enemy against our finances in the name of Jesus. We break all curses of poverty, lack, debt, and failure in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us a mind and a heart to begin to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness that all our needs and things and wants will be added unto us as we delight ourselves in you and father god we rebuke and we cast out all spirits from the canker worm the palmer worm the caterpillar and the locust that will eat up our blessings in the name of jesus lord teach us to profit be profitable and lead us in the way we should go. You are our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are our El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. 
wealth and riches are in the house because we fear you and we are delightful and grateful in your commandments. May the blessings of you, Lord God, fall upon our life and make us rich and added no sorrow. Lord, may your blessings come in and blessings go out, Father God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we are God's servants. We are your servants. And Lord, we know you take pleasure in giving us prosperity. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we know that you sent your only begotten son who became poor that through him we may not experience poverty, but that we may be wealthy in the spirit and wealthy in meeting our needs. Father God, we meditate on your word day and night. Father God, that whatever we do shall prosper and let peace be within our walls and prosperity within our homes, Father God. As we prosper through the prophets and even the prophetic ministry, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe the prophets and we prosper because we are your servants, Lord. So prosper us, Father God. You are the God of heaven and we trust you to prosper us, Father God. Let us live in the prosperity, Father God, from your favor, Father God, in the name of Jesus. As we call upon on you and we and we we make these requests father god for you to make our way prosperous father god and we will forever give you the praise the honor and the glory father god and lord we refuse to allow the angel of blessings to depart from with us father god and from within our home and the homes and lives of our family in jesus precious name we do pray these prayers and we say amen Amen and amen. May the blessings of the Lord flow, flow, flow down from heaven into your life. Meet all of your wants, all of your needs that are good needs and all of the things your heart desires. As you continue to delight yourself in him and he give you the desires of your heart and prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. Until the next podcast, remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Begin to shout, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Just say it three times and just invite the financial prosperity and spiritual prosperity into your atmosphere, into your territory, and may you pray those prayers to fall down through the lineage of your family. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.